Thanks so much for downloading this episode of Bees Pod. On today's show, me, Mem and Michael look at the rather awful 4-1 defeat to Exeter on Saturday the 15th of October. We look ahead to the next few games and wonder what's next for Martin Allen. Thanks for listening and enjoy. Welcome everyone to uh, this episode of Beast Pods, recorded in a, a rather crowded Grazielli's bar after what can only be described as a, a unique game this afternoon against Exeter City. Uh, we're delighted to be joined by Michael, back after a, a month or two hiatus. Yeah, um, still reeling from that, I think. Yeah, and Mem as well, how are you doing today? I'm, I'm just generally quite uh, frustrated. <laughs> okay, well, we'll get into the frustrations now. I mean, we're here... 4-1 defeat, we went 1-0 up early on, um, and it's been probably, I mean, of all the podcasts we've done, this is probably the worst one in terms of after a performance that bad and a result that bad. Mem, let's start with you. I mean, just take us through what happened today, what went wrong? I, th- I think the problem, I, I, I could see problems when I looked at the lineup almost immediately, because I kind of felt that, and this is by no means uh, a dig at Muggleton, but when you have a left back, when you have a guy who plays left back and your manager doesn't trust him to play left back, but is literally put him in the team for the one tactic the team has, I think that's a bit of an indictment on, um, on, on Martin Allen's uh, coaching, um, coaching and ability to set up a team. And I just think that from the beginning, it was really obvious that all we were going to do all day was pump long balls. We hit, we had, we got one good goal from a, from a dead ball, and then after that, X just tore us to pieces. They just kept the ball, moved it, and did the opposite of what we did. Hey Michael, were, were we good or were X to... Sorry, were we bad or were X to good? We, we certainly <laughs> weren't good. Were we good? Parallel universe? Um, oh, crikey. We made it incredibly easy for Exeter. Those goals, the, the, the equaliser... It just we just could not get the ball clear. We were hoofing it in the air. The next goal, it was just they carved us straight through and even did a dainty little backflip. It was a good goal, actually. It was a good. It was. It was, thought, a, it was a nice move, goals. but we made it incredibly easy because they just went through us. Because because yeah. there's a huge gap. We, we we the ground backs onto a tube line. We got a tube line running around the back, and we might as well have in the middle of the pitch a sign saying "Mind the gap." And have announcements. We could get the Annette Tannoy announcer to do that because the midfield just Exeter were just able to go through us. I, mean, I did think that the midfield were a real, real issue today. I mean, there was a couple of games last season where we seemed to bypass the midfield. We had Nicky Bailey back sort of around uh, November time, and today again, I felt that that midfield really was lacking. I mean, do you think we missed Togwell today, Mem, or do you think it was just a case of all the tactics? No, mass- massively, massively. And I was, I was, I was talking with Michael throughout the game um, about. The midfield two uh, of, of Watson and um, Weston were so square to each other that there was ne- there was no cover. I mean, when you've got a two in midfield, you have to have one that comes to meet the ball and then a guy kind of swivels round to drop in in front of the back four to almost to, f- to cover. But they were so square that every time w- w- uh, Weston went to meet the ball, Watson was nowhere to be seen and vice versa. And there was there was no covering and there was no real... If you looked at it on, on uh, from watched it, the midfield four were in a line, but you can't play that way. 
because if you play the line, once you break that line, that's it, you're through to the back four. I mean, you mentioned Mogerton as well there, Michael, um, who was part of that was it midfield, I guess we could call it. He was you know, somewhere. He spent I mean, most of his time running across that gap to go and get the ball and throw it in. I think, yeah, I mean, it, was, was, it was, was kind of his, his runs to the touchline. That was mainly what it was, to pick the ball. I mean, he, he, could have, he could have been a bit like a, um, an American football when the quarterback has a little towel it, tucked it, under their shorts. It was he should have had that just for the number of times he was... He was drying the ball with his hands, and I think I think you mentioned about he touched the ball more with his hands yeah. than with any other part of his body. I mean, it was it was almost embarrassing, though, wasn't it? I, I felt almost a bit embarrassed at the fact that every single time, I mean, it wasn't just around the box. You could understand that, okay, within 25, 30 metres, it's a good weapon. But on, on in and around the box, it is an absolute, yeah, real, real danger. But, geez, I mean, every single throw-in. Every single area, one. That is just not acceptable. You can really. understand, so we've, we've, we've set up in over the last couple of years away from home. It worked incredibly well at Oxford. I think last weekend's result, and I think Darren Ferguson made some comments post-match about the tactics and how effective it was and how it would cause other teams problems. I don't know whether he was in a way excusing the fact that Doncaster threw away a two-goal lead, partly through um, Sam's long throw. But at the same time, I think that's, that's turned Martin Allen's head and he's thinking, yes, Darren Ferguson has praised these tactics, I'm going to deploy them at home. And it was terrible. It was just awful. I mean, it was, it was awful to watch and it also wasn't effective. I mean, men, we saw Gambin sitting there on the bench until sort of, you know, the last 20 minutes. He must be absolutely, you know, killing himself that he is stuck on a bench with some of the players that are starting ahead of him. Yeah, like, to be honest, I thought it was a bit of a joke, in all fairness, because it was quite clear to everybody that we, we lacked, we couldn't create a, a one good chance, okay? And, and when you look at it, and his response to going down 3-1 was to bring on Sean Bat. And again, this is not, it's, this is not... This is not about Sean Bat and this is not about Sam Muggleton. They are not the reasons we lost this game. But what the reasons that we, we lost this game, in my opinion, is we're mi misusing the players in our squad. And when you struggle to create chances like we've done all game today, the option isn't Sean Bat. Sean Bat is a bustling centre forward. He's not a guy who's going to open teams up. The, the most obvious candidate to come on would have been Gambin, who was going to get the ball, and we needed to just keep the ball. We just kept giving it away time after time. And I just felt that he, um, that Martin Allen, it just seems, it seems to me, seems to be placing, his tactics are very crude and sim very simplistic. And it's almost like he's forgotten that we actually have some players who can, can pass the ball. I mean, Michael, one of the things we talked about at the, end, sort of the start of the season, end of last season, was the recruitment over the summer. And mm. um, do you feel as though the players that have come into that squad, you know, taking a side back who's been there for, you know, a year and a half or so now, um, Muggleton who's done similar things but the players who stepped up and came in today you know particularly thinking of someone like Watson of Nichols I mean do you think they are good enough uh, to play in this in this starting 11 and are they an improvement on what we had last year well you you, you, you do start to wonder and question things after a performance like today with the with the Sam Togwell hernia op and him being out for six weeks I think it I think Martin Allen said started this week I wondered whether Tom Champion might get recalled because of his experience he can sit he can sit in that position and it would allow Watson or Weston to go forward he would he would be a better choice in the middle of the park no. rather than the, rather than the pairing that's there at the moment it was just really disappointing that there, there was such a, a lack of understanding there um, 
with Nichols at times he seemed to sort of get forward but then there was a lot of bustling and chasing around in that first half in particular chasing from one exeter to defender to the other as they played the ball across the back I don't know and then with JCR he did okay but then I don't understand if if he was ready to go off after three minutes of the start of the second half why wasn't he off at half time that didn't that didn't make sense whether there was a knock and it was like give it five minutes to run it off and it was like he signaled to the bench that he couldn't continue I don't know yeah, it was really weird that because it seemed that the change would be made at half time if Change. I, I think you. I think it's what Michael said. I think. I think he's probably said, "Look, give me five minutes to run it off, and if I can't run it off, bring me off." So I think that's what. I think that's what it boiled down to. Um, you know, going back to what you were saying about the about Watson and um, and Nichols, yeah. I actually, I feel a bit sorry for him because they're both clearly ball players, yeah. been brought into a side who have clearly got ball skills, brought into a side where where the ball's just constantly in the air, and they're not. They're asking. They've been asked to basically fight for second balls and fight for balls in the air and if you're a footballer it's, this is alien he's brought in players who can play football and he's then asked them to play a, a style of football which is uh, against is, is outside of their skill set yeah so you're, are you resting the blame there with Alan Stoll rather than the individual players yeah because when we play football when we pass the ball and you know you can really see how a player plays and unfortunately our players the ball is, is so haphazard where the ball's going because the ball's just getting smashed forward and it's so haphazard that it's very difficult to see any kind of pattern and it's very easy to, to see any players actually been actually having a chance to express themselves and, 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 you, and, you, and you know, have license to, um, to do something creative. I mean, Michael, is that a sort of a diagnosis and a, an understanding that you agree with yourself, or is that something You that can just see um, it from the tactics today. As soon as the ball came near, it, near any of the players, they were, just, they were just hoofing it. It was, it was evident that that was what they'd been told to do. I mean, Mauro deviated from the script a bit in the a couple of times, and yeah. I hope he's not going to get dropped because of it. Um, he made a couple of decent runs, and that's what you wanted to see players doing. And that you can see the response from the supporters when they saw him him doing that and going forward. And it's what he's good at. And it's funny. It was. Um, after after Muggleton went off and we got a throw over on the um, the dugout side, yeah, that there was a short throw to Gambin, and he played a ball down to Sean Bat, and Sean Bat got across in it, and we almost scored from it, and that was far more effective from a set piece than we had been with the long ball tactic, and it's a real shame that if it may it may sound like with poor, poor Sam Muggleton we're singling him out for that, but it's just the fact that Martin Allen is picking him and telling him just to do that all the time. I mean, chuck it in the mixer all the I time. Do and think, it's I do think with Muggleton, I mean, I I understand the um, the limitations he's got as a, as a footballer, but I do feel that he's just not, when you have someone like Muggleton in the team, he's clearly only there to throw, because he's not good enough as a footballer. I, I yeah. really don't think so. I think he's a little bit overweight. I think he's too slow. Um, and it kind of makes you play in a certain way. It, it's not his fault, but the team just naturally gravitates towards that. If you've got someone who can throw the ball sort of really far in a really accurate way, um, it kind of drags the team down. Crucially, yeah. though, we, we only are looking at one player. So I'm going to look at the programme today. I mean, Akinde has obviously scored yeah. a significant proportion of our goals. Men, without Akinde's goals, we would be, you know, we're 23 at the moment, we would be in considerably worse opposition. I mean, do you think that? We are just basically Big John and a bunch of no hopers, or are we a bit more autistic than that? You're right. You're right. But the, and, and it, he is literally the the target for everything, and and that's that's not a good place to be. 
when you when you watch the way Exeter played, and bear in mind Exeter was second bottom when 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 we started today. Exeter were moving the ball, passing it and moving it, and they were spreading the play, moving it, moving it. There were several players that were, were, were looking dangerous. But our focus was constantly, it was, it was from the Charlie Hughes of uh, long ball football. Everything was just long, long passes, and it was just constantly um, looking for John. Now, if you constantly look for John, no other player is going to be able to contribute either. I mean, the thing about Kinley is that he is clearly a very, very good finisher. He's playing a role in a team that perhaps he's not best suited to, but surely he's going to be getting quite frustrated, Michael, do you think? Sitting around watching this around him, you know, he would have surely been told in the summer, stick with us, we're going to try and build something to support you, to play around you, to build around you, but this surely isn't it. Well, there was, there was one very uncharacteristic incident in the, um, in the first half with John Akindi, where, and it followed a, um, uh, a Sam Muggleton throw and the ball went out of play yeah. and then suddenly I caught the tail end of um, John shouting and people responded in the crowd, some of them applauded and I think, I think the gist of what I heard from other people saying was that John had said, wait until I'm ready before you do the throw, if you're going to do the long throw, wait until I'm ready and it's, I've not heard him shout like that and it was, it was audible but I, you know, as I say, yeah, I, I remember that stuff, yeah. But, um, yeah, he's going to be frustrated because, I mean, the way that, that things around the club have been broached, the price increases, everything like that, it's about, oh, yeah, promotion push. Oh, yeah, more money to bring in better players. Um, we're 23rd. And, okay, injuries aside, we're 23rd. It's... You, you know, we, we've got a decent crop of young players, but they're not getting a look-in. Then again, if they were getting a look-in... What would they be being coached to do? I think any good footballing skills that they're learning in the development squads and everything else would be being coached out of them. We're seeing, as you said on Twitter this afternoon, the ghost of the Davids era is just wafting around just in time for the run-up to Halloween. Yeah. It's, uh, it's madness. I mean, I do, I do really get frustrated because you see someone like Harry Taylor who... Um, I admit he didn't have a very good game today, but poor guy, I mean, he is very, very young. He's clearly a talented footballer. He played so well at the end of last season. Um, and one of the things that's really struck me is that, obviously, after the, uh, the Crawley game, we went away, we were really positive. Crawley, obviously, were not particularly positive. They were looking quite negative. And if he'd said there's going to be one side that's going to be up there in the top 10, and there's going to be one side that's going to be 23rd, that's playing football like it has been playing for the last five, six seasons, you would say that we would be in the top 10 and Crawley would be 23rd. But, you know, it's, that's completely not the case. Yeah, Crawley are up there. They've gone in a completely different direction. Um, so, um, Mem, do you think that, you know, this is something that you're expecting? Is it something that's happened recently? Or is it something that really needs a change of manager to fix? If, I, if, if Martin Allen had been playing this way for the whole time he's been at the club, and he has had spells where he's played long ball football, then I would, then I would say, um, then look, he's clearly not working. But he has had spells where we've actually passed the ball, which is, which I don't know why he suddenly got himself into this thing where he feels that all of a sudden that Muggleton is, is throw is central to all our plans. Yeah. Because when you look at the, I mean, today, who did we line up with on the right of midfield today? Uh, who was on the right? Was well, it? Nichols. No, it's uh, JCR. Oh, is it JCR? Was it JCR on the left? No, JCR. Oh, yeah, JCR. Yeah. J okay, no, well, so well, Campbell Rice was on one side, oh. but we had Muggleton on one side. And when you got players like Nana Kiai, and you've got players like Amaluza, young players. Are you telling me they can't do a better job on the left side of midfield? So it's clearly the tactics just set up purely around Muggleton's throw. And I just find that very odd for a professional manager playing in Division 2 to have one tactic. 
one dimension. One dimension. And, th and, this, and this is also gets on to the point about Akinde. Is if you constantly moving the ball to Akinde and looking for Akinde every single time, defenders are going to start putting, they're going to start putting two players on, on Akinde and then that's it. That's our whole, we've got a striker with Mar uh, Sean Batter scored no goals this season. Sorry, Sean Matt hasn't scored any goals since he comes to the club. Yeah, exactly. And Agpa Agpro. No, he scored a spectacular goal against St Albans in a pre-season uh, friendly. Sorry, I stand corrected, Michael. Yeah, I, but I, I, I think I saw it. I saw a clip of it, and it was it was great. But I don't know whether it was just a fluky cross shot. But um, yeah, it's right. St Albans in a pre-season. Yeah, it's not. It's, it's not. a pre-season. Yeah, but but Agpa Agpro scored goals this season. He got shifted out to the right as soon as Bat got come on. Agpa Agpro went out to the right hand side, and I'm just thinking like, he's a striker. And so, what we want, if you're going to want anything from your, your wide players, you want some sort of creativity. The one, one opportunity, we saw a really good cross from actual Sean Bat, which, co which caused a massive goal man scramble. And it showed that when you get the ball into the wide areas and you put in good deliveries, you yeah. create chances. But we never did that because we had, we at one point, we stuck Akpakpro, who's a striker out on the right-hand side. We had Mogatun, who's a left-back on the left wing. But his t he, like you said, spent more time with the ball in his hands. I just think that... There is the players in that squad to do something, and I just feel that um, Martin Allen really needs to now to look at it and go, right, I need to be a less, lot less predictable. I mean, yeah, I think that's, that's broadly speaking true because Martin Allen has, at times in his club, gone through good periods, gone through bad periods uh, in, his, in his latest spell at the club, Michael. What, what are your feelings on him at the moment? I mean, do you think if the situation was to deteriorate significantly over the next five or six, ten games, that we would need to start thinking about a change in leadership of the club, or do you think this is something that we should definitely give him time to figure out and fix and, and kind of find a way of taking the club forwards. Hmm. It's... Well, someone, someone has said to me that Ian Hendon and Andy Hessenthaler were actually at the game today. So whether or not that's that means that's, need, that's whether that's the no, chairman I would, I wouldn't. thinking... Hit the button, hit the ejector. Hessenthaler's now never really done anything. How, or whether that's just... They were around. I know Steve Cabber was here today. So again, I'd rather have Steve Cabber. again, he could join. He could get join the all the other croc pl crocked players we've got at the moment. You know, I was saying maybe the crocked players team. I was joking before the game. They could give the um, walking football team a run for their money. <laughs> um, but I don't know. I don't. I mean, t the chairman generally has been very reluctant to dismiss managers he's got the historically we know sometimes things get left until too much damage is done you could say that definitely about the mark robson era yeah. in 2013 and that david's been brought in sooner given he was supposedly rumored to be training here and different things we would have turned that season around um, one of the other things that i think behind the scenes it occurred to me today how much of an influence was graham stack in training with things and the way that we've gone so one-dimensional now I don't know whether you know with with another another figure from the David's era and whether he would have you know he was encouraging some of that playing it around from the back yeah and from the goalkeeper that was very much what Stack was doing when he was here with David's so again his he was involvement with training and stuff like that and it's also another one that's interesting is Gary Waddock, who I, I thought, you know, in the game where Marstown was ill and we played away at Newport, Gary Waddock was in charge of it that night. Yeah. And by a lot of accounts, that was the best we played all season, was that 3-0 victory away at Newport. Uh, and you had players like Randall uh, back then, who uh, was not necessarily a key mainstay under, under, under Marstown. Yeah, but then, suppose, yeah, if he had a good performance that night when it was 
as you say, when it was Gary Roddick who was there. But um, yeah, he just you just think, well, we are just going down a very, very one-dimensional cul-de-sac. I mean, Noam, looking ahead to the next few games, do you get the sense that <laughs> we're going to pick up any points, or do you feel as though we're, you know, we got New uh, Wickham away, we got Newport on that on that Tuesday night in that big relegation six-pointer. Going ahead, if things don't change dramatically, do you think we're going to end up with no points from those games? Judging by the, the performance today, and actually judging by the structure of the way we played, I'm really not confident at all because I can't I can't work out how we're gonna just how we're gonna end up um, creating chances to score goals, and I'm, I, I wonder, you know, how bad is the side gonna be that it's gonna be able to crumble with playing like that? You know, it's just, I'm, I'm actually I know I'm normally quite positive, but today I'm really negative because I feel like we just literally just kept just the whole game we didn't change one little bit, and we didn't we didn't learn from anything in the game today. <laughs> I think, I think it's, yeah, it's, it's a challenge, isn't it? Because um, clearly, looking ahead to the Newport game, Mike, that is going to be an absolute key game for us. Six points. Six pointers, I should say, sorry. On a Tuesday night, away from home. Do you, how, are you, how are you feeling about these next two away games? Is it going to be a, an absolute disaster or are we going to manage to uh, again? Do we know how, do we know how um, Newport got on today? I didn't it's actually... It's postponed. Oh, was it? Is it? Is it? Is it the waterlogged pitch, or were Sainsbury's holding a function at their ground? <laughs> I don't know. Well, they've got Graham Wesley in there now, so. Oh, is he? Is he gone to Newport? Yeah. Oh God, that's gonna be even worse. That's serious. That's gonna be the that, worst game that, of football ever. That's that's going if to be. We, that's gonna be like one today, for the purists. If we definitely. play like today, <laughs> and Graham and Graham Wesley. Team, I think I, th I think people God might turn us. up at Rodney Parade, and they might actually think they're watching a game of rugby <laughs> that night. I tell you what, anybody who goes to that game. Okay, I'm I going. I'm going. I'm up. Really, oh, brave, brave people, because I think that's going to be one of the worst. Games I, I just you're hope they've got watch. travel insurance in case it's called <laughs> off again. Well, I think they'd be grateful if they got it called off. I think they should pay an extra premium. They, 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 they should. If it's called off again, they should just award us the points. I think wasn't it Rochdale that we kept over the years that used to keep being postponed as well because of their pitch. But no, it was it's Tuesday night as well, Rochdale. Yeah, so Wait, uh, I've, I've just got I've just got such a fit, uh, sense of dread and foreboding about these games now. Having seen today, I thought, well, things haven't been brilliant the last few weeks. The Orient game was dire by all accounts. The the you know we showed a bit of a bit of fighting spirit last week and then threw it away at the death and the you know an entertaining game against Morecambe I thought well you know we'll come back from this well, entertaining it's entertaining they hit the football like four times uh, that, that yeah could be another pounding I mean were you at the Morecambe game then or were you not making it no, unfortunately not because that they they hit the football like four times in the first twenty, 20 minutes, minutes or so yeah and it absolutely outplayed us all right well let's come to the end of this now let's, as we wrap up let's have a, a quick think then um, <laughs> in terms of uh, let's let's end on a positive. Can we? Can you give us before we go? And we'll start with you, Michael. One <laughs> one positive uh, from this rather bleak October afternoon, or, or even in general. A positive. I was trying to think of a well, Mara tried to play football. I have thought of one negative that we didn't we didn't really we one overlooked. Little one little negative. Um, Jamie Stevens was slightly at fault for that third goal. I know, I which was a shame. I was, I know, I know, I know, I know. But um, yeah, that was that just suddenly popped into my mind. Just I could see him diving and then spilling the shot. Um, I, Mara, I don't Mara. know. Marrow tried to play football today, despite the, the you know, well about eighty-five or ninety percent of the time sticking to the manager's instructions and just hoofing everything. He did try try and show some elements of playing football, right, so but. 
that's one positive from Michael. Mem I want one positive from you, please, before we go. I think the one positive is that um, my daughter helped went to her first game today. That my two-year-old daughter is her first game, and I think that was the only positive I could bring. And what did she make of it? Uh, I think she preferred Peppa Pig. <laughs> 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 that's definitely... <laughs> yes, yeah, not only there. Um, well, for me, actually, my highlight was that the, the price of Kit Kats has gone up, and it's now £1 for a two-finger Kit Kat. So I managed to buy my own Kit Kat before I came today. So I'm actually in a good mood because <laughs> it, it costs it cost 58, 68p, so I've saved myself 32p. Fantastic. And I've got a full Kit Kat. Oh, so I've, I've, got, I've thought of another positive. <laughs> it was only 4-1. It was only 4-1. Well, on that note, um, we'll, we'll sign off from here. Um, thanks for joining us, uh, Michael. And I'll maybe see you at a game soon, maybe yeah. not. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see. We'll see what's, how my neck is. And, and Michael, I might have to report you for bringing your daughter along to a, to a game like this, to some sort of local authority. I to think the that, must, that must count as some sort of abuse somewhere. Yeah. I, I, well, to be honest, because she, she didn't watch any of the game, I think, I think we're kind of, I'm quite safe. I'm quite safe. It didn't, it didn't torment her too much. Okay. Well, thanks for coming, guys, and fingers crossed over the next few weeks. If there's something more positive to talk about in the, uh, in the future pods. Please. <laughs> Well, that's that, everyone. Thanks a lot for joining us on this episode of Bees Pod. We'll do our best to get back to you in the next two or three weeks. Most of us are getting to the games, including the Wickham, Newport and Hartlepool games. So fingers crossed we'll have some analysis of some better performances before then. As ever, if you've got any feedback or ideas, do get in touch on Twitter at Bees Pod or through our SoundCloud page. And fingers crossed we can see some better performances from the Bees in the next 14 days. Thanks a lot. Bye.